and check it. Wow, Just like amazing. That, we are live. Episode 189 of the Witchy Show. Doing this 189 times. How many months with some boys? That's, yeah, a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, we're hey, joined today uh, by Saeed, who was a uh, guest. You know. Wasn't supposed to be here. I mean, no, you were supposed to listen. I wasn't. I wasn't supposed to be here. I was supposed to be studying, but I've studied all day and I'm here now. It was a surprise mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. But more importantly, the bigger they're surprise. joined by Welcome. Allison. None other than Allison. Welcome to the show. Go ahead and let the world know me. who you are and what you do. Who am I and what do I do? Uh, how much time do you got? Um, Go for it. Well, I am a former television news journalist. I worked in mostly local news in Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and Washington, most recently Seattle, Washington. I covered every topic under the sun. My last five and a half to six years was on the environment specifically, one of really the only, if not the only, full-time environmental reporter for a TV station in the entire country, in the entire United States of America, Um, and currently live on the other side of Washington State because I quit my TV news job a year ago in 2019, in part because my husband and I wanted to live more a simple rural life. We have horses. We wanted to maybe try growing our own food, you know, kind of the like uh, self-reliant lifestyle where you're not running around crazy in a city, which turned out to be the best decision ever because COVID lockdowns happened really Mm -hmm. within just a few months of our leaving Seattle, which I can't imagine living in right now. I mean, in my opinion, like the main reasons that people live in cities, being able to go out to dinner, doing, having all these amenities that are right at your fingertips and all these places are shut down. I don't even know what would be the reason for living, you know, in a city at this point. So yes. it's just nice. Our lives right. really haven't changed much since mm-hmm. we left uh, because of COVID. Cause we just, you know, we can still walk outside and walk around. There's socially distanced life is like, that's every day. That's Monday. Mm-hmm. It's, it didn't change. You know, your my nearest neighbors are like two football fields away. We have no problems with that stuff. And so it's just, it's been nice to do that. And then our, my bosses thought it was crazy for, you know, an environmental reporter to live in the environment. So uh, <laughs> I just quit, you know, so that was the only way I could go live the right. lifestyle we wanted what? to live to move in the middle. I know. Environmentalists yeah, right? so, living in the environment, right? I know it's hard to, but I'm always a, you know, I'm a boundary pusher. So I, I did, I, I decided, well, I'm going to go live that crazy environmental life and you know, good know what you. I'm talking about by you. living yeah. in the yeah. wild, you know? There you go. So, Honestly, right. good. Awesome. For you, yeah, it's great that you did that. I, I wish I could live in like a rural area. I don't know. I say that sometimes, but I do live in the city. I do. I live in Los Angeles, and mm. I feel like part of living in LA is like I love the busyness of it. I love all the people coming in and out, and I just feel like there's so many like. Yeah, but Ellie, you you came from Lebanon, like, like modern, you... cool. I don't know if you're That's... a journalist, right, and you're in like Washington, right, and you're reporting, and uh, all these mainstream news outlets. Isn't that what like a journalist wants to do? Well, I mean, it just depends on what you cover, really. Right. And But you bring up a really good point because mm-hmm. lots of journalists, in fact, all, I mean, really all journalists for the most part, I shouldn't say all, not all and all, but the vast majority of journalists, they move up the ladder by moving to bigger and bigger cities. But the problem is, in my humble opinion, is that after a while they start losing a real connection with 
what life and thought is like outside of these big cities. And I think we've seen that disconnection in the coverage of elections, of social policy and ideology, that there is kind of this this class difference or this ideological disconnection that a lot of mainstream, especially journalists who live in New York and LA and Washington, DC, they just have lost, uh, you know, they're, they may have started like I did in a small town in Georgia, but they seem to have forgotten what a lot of these people mm -hmm. think. And so and that I think the reflects in their them. coverage. What's so, that so we'd say, I was saying like, so you think like the fame would catch up to them and stuff. So since they're always being on like TV and uh, their faces like on TV channels and show and shows and whatnot, so then they just get withdrawn from the on-field reportage and. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. it's more of like a you know, you're influenced by whatever you're around on a regular mm. basis. So you may have great intentions, but if you live in a metropolitan area and lots of people think just like you do and they dress like you do and they look like you do, or, you know, I mean, just, it, it, it's it, not even necessarily like, you know, the outward stuff, it's the right. inward way of thinking that a lot of sort of city type people, they just, you know, they start to, you know, they go to cocktail parties all together and they go to the same restaurants and they go to the same libraries and the same movies and the same theaters. And they just start to think exactly the same way. And when mm -hmm. you go out into rural America, there's just a different way of thinking through personal responsibility, politics, um, you know, in that in intersects like COVID for instance, or the presidential election, just, it, it, to me, it's like, it's not even so much that you think differently. Yeah. It's that when you live in those areas and you, mm -hmm. you aren't around these kinds of ideas or these people very often, it's very yeah. easy to deep, deep down inside you kind of start judging them as the, you know, the people who just haven't gotten to your level yet. Right. And right. that I think comes out in the way they talk about those folks. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, but if they could just, you know, if we could just encourage them to our side of thinking the way that we think about the world and our enlightened state of being, mm -hmm. then maybe we wouldn't have these problems instead of really understanding how people think and, and not looking at them necessarily like with your nose up in the air, then I think that you would actually do a greater service to journalism because you would not be, you know, this air of like elitism wouldn't be leaking in through your coverage. You would really understand the issue. And then maybe we could actually do something about some of the problems that we have been reporting on. But when, when it becomes sort of just this like creepy sort of, um, you know, like, they just don't get it, but I'm going to teach right. you and then you'll know, and then you'll be more like me. Then I think it just turns a lot of people off. And I see, I see that reflected in the distrust that people have of mainstream media now, as much as journalists don't want to admit it, it's there. Wow. It's, yeah, it is there. Like <laughs> It's elitism. Yes. Yeah, as you were saying at the end of yeah. the day, but I, I think part of the issue now is that like the elites control, maybe the channels of information like YouTube or the internet, they're everywhere, right? Before you used to have the separation, maybe to watch like local news or like local media but now it's kind of uh all integrated and maybe that's why you're trying to say like they're trying to impose their thoughts on other people but maybe they're just like like youtube for example right like you can only have a certain like a certain the certain things you can say certain topics we can talk about sometimes we have journalists on the show 
and these topics get flagged <laughs> and um no joke yes no joke right and make sure yeah by the way if you're listening please subscribe <laughs> yeah uh yeah uh, please 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 uh, it's not like youtube sharing this so please subscribe to get more of these videos and um yeah um yeah i've had a lot i've had that issue multiple times right. on my channel having videos that were demonetized in fact i'm I'm on their short list i guess of people to just automatically demonetize anyway and then i have to go through this manual review process with every live stream that i do literally mm -hmm. did one yesterday on my happiest stories as a reporter right these are like the most, <laughs> you know <laughs> mundane like yeah. saving uh -huh. a sea turtle and a dog <laughs> with you know leg no legs and you know i mean just mm -hmm. like helping and doing fun things and good things for humanity and animals and they still flat the ai flagged my video as demonic you know as, as potentially like you know uh unable to receive money for ads and so i had to go wow. through that same manual process the problem is that like as you guys probably know the two or three days that it takes sometimes sometimes it's fast but sometimes it's days depending on when you you know you're doing your video yep. for them to then give you the manual review okay that now you can start earning ad revenue but you've just lost all of the potential for making money because the most of the you know my subscribers are watching right. it in the first couple of days and now i've just lost all that ad revenue so okay we got yeah. demonetized well, yes. for saying the word fart. Fart? <laughs> yeah. Literally. We had it in the title. <laughs> they were like, we can't have this in the title. Um, okay. So why like... do, why do they love taking, why do they love striking journalists and just people, I don't know, making videos? Like why aren't they supposed, isn't that the whole model of YouTube supposed to encourage <clears throat> people making videos? <laughs> it used to be, it used to be, but you know, <laughs> nowadays I kind of think they're making, maybe they're making enough money that they're more concerned about the social shame of really other journalists who are trying to shut down communication online by again filtering people back to the corporate news outlets which i left and so maybe back in the day when youtube wasn't on the radar of the journalists and the policy makers they just they, yeah, that was their their methodology for allowing the kind of wild west that YouTube used to be. But now that the targets on their back for misinformation or uh, you know conspiracy theories and and the journalists <laughs> saying you got to shut it down and the policymakers saying that you got to shut it down because like what what are we going to do? You know, if if all of a sudden mm -hmm. people can access the information they've decided is bad for people to hear, then we're just we're going to go. We're all going to just implode as a country. And so I think now that pressure is probably greater you know, they're making a ton of money. Let's right. They're making a lot of money. They've made a ton of money. So now that they have Fox news channel, MSNBC, all those corporate NBC, CBS, ABC, New York times. I mean, everybody's got a YouTube channel. Now everybody's got a podcast. So all those folks are now on YouTube and YouTube can make a, a ton of money. They're all in the same class now. So why would they let Allison Morrow or, you know, Allie and Allie, you know, why would they let you guys like they don't care i, I guess at yeah, the end true. of the day it's like from a monetization mm -hmm. standpoint i'm small beans for them right and so true. are you mm -hmm. but these big corporations make them a lot more money and so now it's like safer for them to hide behind the veil of like oh see these these people are more reliable like we've seen them come out and say basically they're going to start promoting those mainstream corporate outlets over 
the smaller channels because they're just basically saying they're, I, mean, I, I did a video on my channel recently from this, this lady who wrote an article in the Atlantic. She was at this, you know, Stanford internet observatory. And she's just comes out and says that the, the other, those mainstream groups, they are reality based outlets. And like, we are la la land outlets. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that's okay. how they look at it now. Right. Is that right? news stations are either run by private companies the other half is run by republicans who was in la la land <laughs> who, who we're saying facts as it is that's what we mean we do and that's right. what you do right mm -hmm. this is a fact mm -hmm. no like no denying yeah. run your calculations you can't say it it's not like it's well yeah, the, I mean, if you, you've, well, you've also seen like the, I don't know if maybe you haven't, but the guy who used to be the CEO of NPR, he wrote a book about leaving, I think it's like leaving my liberal bubble or something Ooh. like that. And so yeah. he did a whole book about, Dem, you know, the liberal bias at NPR, mm -hmm. there, there's the conservative bias in places like Fox News, there are the corporations, but then what's the other option is that the government comes in and runs it. I mean, I don't know if that, that doesn't make right. me feel any better, oh, right? No, so, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> right. no, 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 no. <laughs> we may see that, we may, we may see that, you know, if Trump decides, well, he's not gonna be, you know, government anymore, but if he's out and, and starts his own TV channel, we'll see what happens with that. But um, <laughs> It'll I, be I don't just know. just like the info wars if Trump runs it, except it's not funny. So, At least I get a kick out of Alex Jones losing his shit every now and then. Like with Trump, it's just sad. Did you oh see Alex God. Jones on uh, Joe Rogan with Bro, Tim Dillon? I've watched yeah. both of them like yes. four times now. Do you ever watch Tim Dillon? Do you know who that is? The comedian. Tim Dillon, yeah. I've, I've seen. I've seen some of his. I've seen some of his stuff pretty too. Funny. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty mm -hmm. funny. Yeah, but. Uh, but why are they still? Why are you still on YouTube then? Why? Are, why are all these people still on YouTube? Right, you're on YouTube still. Yeah. You think YouTube maybe is not a good outlet or the perfect outlet, but it's it's definitely not the perfect. I'm on it. I think as kind of a. It. It's the best that's out there right now for mm -hmm. getting you know well not it is it's one of i should say it's one of the pieces of the pie right now that we have and i hope that you continue to sort of make networks on youtube and podcasting and you know the available social media platforms which are flawed but are really they don't have great competitors at this point in hopes that at some point something changes whether that is that we figure out how to do those platforms better i doubt it or there is some kind of alternative that arises. I don't know. Um, but I mean, the other option is to just not do anything or to just be like, I don't know, have a tinfoil hat on in my living room and just, I don't know, talk to my horses. I mean, this is kind of the, the only option. So I just figure that's like, that's this is where I'm at now. And I, and, 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 and hope that maybe there's, mm -hmm. There's a brighter, you know, uh, there's a brighter horizon ahead. I, I don't mm -hmm. know, but I definitely, I agree with you that like, it's like, yeah, you're complaining about it, but you're still here. What, what are you going to do? There's just not mm -hmm. Google, for instance, is just, it's like the Google and YouTube, I think are the top two search engines used right now in the world. And so what right, really, are you going to just only use Bing or DuckDuckGo, or are you just going to go on like, you right. know, some alternative platform? I guess you could. But... Here's where the sad truth comes from. I don't remember when was the last time I used Bing, and mm -hmm. I do not know what DuckDuckGo is. <laughs> yeah, true. right. You just want to use the top one. That's because we had Yahoo back in the day as well. Oh, bro, Yahoo was the <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah, like, Yahoo was, was like for hackers because Google <laughs> all over. Like, but bro. for for some reason, there are videos that can go through the algorithm, right? Like your most popular video is about Antifa, right? And then. 
is like a very no-go subject. So um, it did really well for a week and then it just disappeared, which was very (laughs) weird. It was very weird. It was like, there's like a bewitching hour on Sunday nights. I've noticed that videos just, (laughs) They just go into the ethos they back. but it i do think i have recently searched for it and i i've been able to find it so i don't know if it just resurfaced or what mm-hmm. i mean i i try to give like the opportunity for there to just be some kind of unintended glitch that's possible there's something with the ai i don't know or there is something more nefarious it's possible i i don't know what happened with that video i do know though that i was getting like 12,000 new subscribers a day, 250,000 views a day. It was just going, I mean, it hit a million views within I think five or six days. And then just for, yeah. So for it to have that kind of traction and then like within literally an hour to just nothing, (laughs) you know? So that was very weird. (laughs) Have you heard of the term shadow band? (laughs) Yes. And I, and I think it's possible because if you did Google it back then, Though there were a couple like haters on my channel, like I found it, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I I don't know if I believe that you actually found it, but um, but if I googled it, the exact title, right. you it would not come up in search results. But if you did Bing or DuckDuckGo, it was the top search result. It was it was just weird that if you type in the exact, I mean, so that was my theory was either something had to have happened. Like mm-hmm. again, maybe it was an unintentional glitch, or maybe it was something more nefarious. I don't know, or Google is just a terrible search engine because if you type in the exact title of a video, you should be able to find it. So it's like one or the other, like, what is it? Is Google a terrible search engine? It can't find what you're looking for. I doubt that. Or was there something else that happened? Like they were like, okay, this video's had enough views. <laughs> I'm just going to like right. put it to All the right. side for a little bit, let it cool off. And maybe we'll bring it back up when people aren't searching for this topic anymore. Here, let's know. change. Speaking of topics, <laughs> let's change the topic a little too. What is Antifa? Like, I really don't know what it is. I, I'm not from the States. <laughs> I should mention uh, I'm far away from politics. No clue what that is. What what is is it Antifa and Antifa, right? Right. Well, okay. So the term anti-fa fa, fa is fascist, not fa like pho. What you? That's just dinner. like. M- <laughs> <Mussolini>? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anti-ramen yeah yeah, (laughs) but that would be pretty cool if that i kind of wish sometimes that that was what it was about um but (laughs) maybe i'll i i love follow though so i don't want to start that movement but they'd probably be a little easier to deal with um so oh yeah definitely (laughs) yeah that's violence um yeah you just throw noodles at each other instead of uh, (laughs) molotov cocktails Oh my God. Yeah, that's, that's oh my God. Molotov cocktail. In the United what? States, dude. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I didn't even know what a Molotov cocktail was until I moved to Seattle. I would have thought it was something for like a holiday you had, you know, like. Just, Molotov drink. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so, um, well. Here, here in Lebanon, we all know how to use it, how to make a Molotov we cocktail. Grew, yeah, exactly. yeah, we grew, we grew it is up so strange. making them. Hear, I, it's so strange to hear that in America, it's like they sell like there are people throwing Molotov cocktails. Yeah, I thought you guys are right. like, too advanced and use grenades or something. <laughs> I have to say, what as kind of a different topic, yeah. I'm really sad that I will. Ne- I I don't know. Maybe someday I will be able to get to the Middle East. I've never been there, and I've always wanted to. Um, and I feel like with COVID, everything's going to get shut down. We're never going to be able to travel anywhere ever again. And that's like one of my biggest dreams. <laughs> I'm so oh. sad about that, but I, you know, I'll tell you about Antifa in Portland, and then we can all just dream sure. about being there or Seattle. <laughs> you know what? Let's do it. So 
Antifa is, you hear, okay, you hear people argue about Antifa. It's, you'll hear one side, like it's just an ideology. It's not really a group. You'll hear the other side of, you know, sort of the extreme version that it's, it's this very organized, um, you know, terrorist organization, domestic terrorist organization in the United States. The truth is kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, it's kind of both an ideology in the sense that like you may have, like let's let's compare this to feminism for instance, all right? Uh, you can be just like someone who says I'm a feminist. You can also be somebody that's part of a group that's organized, that goes to rallies, that participates in events that are feminist events, that push for certain policies and agendas. Um, hold signs and some people that maybe you know feel like they they want to take even more uh extreme action i guess in the name of feminism i'm not really quite sure what that is nowadays <laughs> but molotov i've never heard of seeing a feminist throw a molotov cocktail but probably throw a white cloth yeah. um so but you know but back in the day like it was like the bra burnings i think is what happened like back when my mom was um you know in the 70s i think that's what they used to do but mm. Times have changed. So anyway, the um, <laughs> Molotov cocktail thing. So back to that. So uh, in in Portland and Seattle, the the ideology of Antifa and then also having some like groups that are more organized has been far more of a reality and active reality in those areas than like other parts of the country mm. for years. But recently we've seen more attention paid, not just to that corner of the United States where I was a reporter, but you've seen, you know, activity from them in other parts of the country. For instance, um, you know, there have been some, some, uh, well, there was a guy who said he was associated with Antifa that was going after, I believe it was like an ice facility. So like they're, they're been involved a little bit more with border, um, the, the border issues. And so it's not just relegated now to kind of the, like, the Portland downtown and Seattle downtown scene. Uh, that guy, I believe, was at the Tacoma facility, if I remember correctly. But essentially what we covered, and, and keep in mind that for the most part, when I was in Seattle, I was covering the environment. But one day a year, May Day, May 1st, everybody, for the most part, was taken off of their other beat and put on May Day because May Day usually was peaceful from, you know, the daylight hours. But as soon as it started to get you know, sort of darker, which was pretty late at that point, because in, in Northwest United States, it's dark pretty late in May. I mean, May, June, it's like maybe you have until 9 p.m. It's 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 light out. So you're walking around with these people are holding signs for workers rights and immigrants rights and that kind of stuff for the most part. And it's it's, it's just a, what you would see as a normal protest. And then you start noticing we're walking in circles and we're walking on highways and we're walking across bridges and it doesn't appear that we have really an end in sight. And then that's all of a sudden, that's when you're like, okay, the sun's setting and we're starting to walk in random circles and you could walk like 15 miles, no problem on one of these days. Um, and then the, you know, the people who wear all black, they start getting, you, you start seeing more of them and fewer of like the families the the younger people that are just kind people of out with black. their kids and yeah they're yeah they're like all like black they, we call, they call it the black block uh, you know it's kind of a it's a technique i guess it's like you wear a black helmet and a black face mask and Wait, all black those clothes. are the black panthers what do you mean well that's I a totally the same thing we said that in the, the previous episode we were talking with antifa and i mentioned to ali al-hajj that uh they drew similarities to the Black Panther movement, dressing in full black, and and also where they would, there was violence that occurred between them and the police. 
And also in Lebanon, and for example, when we were having uh, peaceful protests, you, we would have uh, uh, people uh, with, okay, it's in Arabic, they call them Umsan al-Sud, which is basically the black shirts. And they would cause the, they would start fights with the police that would be blocking the way for the uh, peaceful protesters. So that, uh, and they would say that they were hired by the, by the local uh, local police forces to cause problems so that they can attack the protesters and start arresting them and then a lot of beatings occurred mm. there's it, it's not i don't think it's only like it's a very common movement like and i i feel like maybe uh okay so here in lebanon they get hired so i don't know what in the us how it works so, but like maybe the <laughs> antifa, antifa is like you know a little bit, <laughs> is a little, yeah maybe i don't know are you saying you think they get hired to create the right, the so problems and then yeah. gives the chance for the police to crack down on them? Is that? I mean, this is what happens, for example, here in Lebanon. So uh-huh. I don't know in the U.S. how it is. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. Listen, nothing would surprise me anymore. So I have. It's 2020, man. Like, it, it, seriously, if my dog started speaking to me in English, I would be like, okay, you know. And she told me she was Antifa. I'd be like, all right. Uh, she says she doesn't feel comfortable living here anymore because I used to cover. Uh, I would not be shocked. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I, all I can tell you is that what what I what I saw was really a group that was more um so so often when they're written about which is the reason i did the video is they're called like antifa like you'll see like a a description after it antifa which stands for anti-fascist and they come out and and they they protest or stop fascist groups but that really wasn't what i saw them doing if not almost every single time i never saw antifa like confront nazis or something i I never saw that i I only saw them kind of taking over these mayday protests which again were usually in the name of like uh workers labor unions issues okay Mm -hmm. they would just kind of come out of the woodwork as the sun came down and they they were like anti-capitalist rabble rousers who just like sometimes they'd break windows they'd march in you know it, it didn't like the, the area of downtown seattle where west lake center it's it's one of the main places where people come to protest but it, it's also where all the like big shopping stores are and stuff and so sometimes like on the more violent nights like they'd break the window just like you're seeing with some of the looting and stuff right. like they'd break the windows and um and they get they'd confront the police and the and they there would just be all kinds of just pandemonium mm-hmm. in the name of i guess sort of that the, the sort of american capitalist economy i mean that that was what i saw more than anything and that yeah. that was to them fascist and so i felt like it was important for people hey you may like or hate capitalism but you should know that this is a part of their ideology. It's not just, they're not just going and fighting fascists in the streets. And so the other thing too, is that as a reporter who worked for corporate news, that we were also seen as kind of fascist 
by them. So I, like, <laughs> I was a fashion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like, in, in, like I've been a, a critic of corporate news on my channel. I'm, I'm no, you know, I, I don't just like, I'm not a sheep right. that blindly follows what corporate news is doing. That said, like there are people still trying to do a good job within that infrastructure. And so like, to, you know, have people running up and screaming at us saying that we're fascist. And, and it's interesting because the, the, the sort of like war against the press that has been given a lot of attention over the last few years has been the sort of Trump followers, uh, you know, calling fake news at the press. And that's what, yeah. yeah, And that's what a lot of journalists like defend themselves against, you know, that, that they would think that and the war on the press started with Trump. And, but that's not true. It, it, you know, as somebody who was like, these people would be on the left and they hated us too. Okay. So (laughs) Trump changed a lot of things, but we were definitely hated by both sides before president Trump. And then like, it kind of, yeah, it was like, to me, what I saw more so is that the left kind of said, our enemy's enemy is our friend. So if, so if Trump hates the media, then now we're going to like the media all of a sudden, because we don't like this guy. Um, Whereas like, like I was saying, I mean, the, the sort of far left Antifa types, they didn't like us either. I mean, they, they, and they still don't. Is it just because you're, you're exposing them? Is it because like you're literally filming them and capturing what they're doing and they feel like- Well, that's, you know, or? that's that's a really interesting question because mm-hmm. you would think if you're somebody who wants your ideology to spread, you would want right. attention, right? Exactly. <laughs> but uh, recently, actually, I was thinking about doing a video about this for my channel. I saw that my old TV station was just stormed by protesters for doing a story about who's who who was causing like who was getting arrested during these protests recently. Mm-hmm. And they put the mug shots in the story. And that made the protesters very angry that the mug shots were, they, they looked at it at like doxing, I guess. Um, and so they literally, the, the place in the lobby where we used to do this live four o'clock show, they stormed the lot. I used to think, why are we doing a show in the lobby with no security? This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And finally <laughs> yeah, somebody, you know, but th- they're lucky because these people just like came in and took over the newsroom. I mean, they were, they were just like, I think one person may have even gotten arrested there. So they were like very angry that the station did this story. I think what my old station was trying to do was to say, hey, not mm-hmm. everybody who goes to these protests is getting arrested. These are the people who are who are doing it. This is what they did. But the other, the, the protester side saw that as like King Five being kind of this, um, you know, pro-police, like putting the, 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 faces out there so that they people could take retributive action against them and so it's a, it's a very weird place to be like yeah in the media and covering this stuff because you're like well like on one hand i think they were actually trying to defend the protesters who were doing the peaceful side of things but then they got they drew the ire of all of them for doing the story on the the arrest it, it, it's just it, it's interesting i don't i don't quite understand what the deal is but yeah you would think it would be yeah go ahead sorry uh, <laughs> how polite of you isn't 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 there some kind of like law that says if you are a part of a protest then you instantly become public figure or something to that think... nature where news channels are allowed to put your face up if you've been arrested oh yeah if you're in a public allowed space to film yeah you yeah like yeah and 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 your mugshots are public record so anybody could go look you up mm -hmm. but they get mad i guess they got mad that this tv station put them up are you familiar with andy no 
No. He covers yeah, Antifa I know about a lot. You know, yeah, he covers okay. Antifa. He got beat up for covering Antifa. Yeah. So right. he, one of like his things that he does regularly, which he's criticized for specifically by the protesters. And then I think people sometimes who are, who are maybe more um, compassionate towards, I guess, Antifa's tactics. He he posts the mugshots like on YouTube all the time. That's what, or on his, <laughs> on his page constantly. Right. And, and, you know, and they're like, oh, you're, you know, you're putting us at risk for retributive action. You're putting our lives at risk because you're putting us out there. The other side's like, well, you did the crime, so right. you should, you know, you have a mugshot. It's public record. We're not putting anything out there that we're not doxing. In other words, it's public record. Uh-huh. I don't know. You, you be the, the the decision maker on that one. I, I guess on one hand, we're kind of at this place with the internet where I'm not sure how much privacy we all have anyway. And then, of course, like the people who are committing these crimes are like, well you know, the police are arresting us for, for no reason. Hey, I'll be the first person to say like, I, if, if, if there's a crackdown by law enforcement, that's, um, you know, that is, that's a, a violation of somebody's civil rights of protest. Like I, I let me know. And I'm sure there, you know, there are people who are arrested, um, unlawfully perhaps and taken away. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw the, some people in the press, for instance, that were, um, you know, were arrested mistakenly. And so you put somebody's mugshot like that on TV and then they say, you know, you're getting us in trouble and we, I don't think it was mistakenly. I'll be honest. I'll be very, very What was honest. it? They were arresting uh, the press uh, on purpose? Right? Yeah, by police who are probably, you know, being very oppressive and they don't want that shit to make <laughs> it to the news. Like some guy with a seat, like this guy's working for CNN. Let's not beat around the bushes. These guys are like the hugest news outlet in the world, not even the United mm-hmm. States. Right. And the police still arrests him when he's clearly a journalist. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's being filmed and we like we know about it. Right? Like, yeah. let's come on. That, that was done on purpose. That was, that was yeah. very like done on purpose. Yeah. Not a shadow of a doubt. For I some reason. Yeah. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to say like, for some reason, everyone like gets mad at journalists for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the, like the, the police and just the protesters and everyone just right. all comes down to the journalists. And I'm just wondering like when, when they storm that news station of yours, what do you think those pro- mobsters were trying to like do? Mobsters. Yeah, I think I think it was to basically send a signal to King Five, like right. you screwed up, don't do mm-hmm. this again, you know, yeah. or you're gonna we're we're gonna like get people to stop watching you. We're gonna make your lives very uncomfortable. We're gonna, you know, you're gonna have to hire security, about, all like, that stuff. Physically, like, do you think they're gonna physically harm like journalists or like arrest journalists? Or well, I, like I have had, yeah, I mean, I have had friends who have been assaulted. I mean, I, I had a, a very good friend because they carry these big cameras, um, especially the big news cameras, which we're getting uh, sort of moving away from because it obviously identifies you as somebody who works for a TV news uh, station when you have a big camera like that. But right. they ripped his camera. It's very common to have people come up and like push your camera, hide the lens, put their hands up in front of, you know, I, I could show you vi- video after video <laughs> right now that's still happening, but they ripped his camera out of his hand and ripped his thumb back and dislocated his thumb. So Ooh. he ended up in the hospital for that. And it took, I mean, he was out aye, of aye, work. Aye. He couldn't work for two months because of that, because you know he needed his thumb for, I think they put him on like light editing duty or something like that. So yeah, yeah I mean, that kind of stuff happens. And and I, I do think it is kind of like a fear. T- I mean, I'll be honest with you. What? I regularly was like, I don't want to be on, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, Yo, I, right, you know? This, uh, listen, you know what Antifa sounds to me right now? Like <laughs> special <laughs> snowflakes on steroids. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> what is this? Right. Well, <laughs> what's going? I think part of the this, 
yeah. this is not looking I good think, for you, America. It's not looking good. Well, the thing is, I think that like if they're anti-capitalists, right? America is a capitalist country and it's yeah. not going to change like that. So they're just going to remain doing their thing increasingly so and recruiting new people until I know what happens, right? Because it doesn't because look Because like the revolution? <laughs> is that, that's where isn't we're that, headed? Isn't that basically what they want? Listen, yeah. they didn't cause a revolution right. when the, that dumbass held the office for four years. I don't <laughs> think they're going to start a revolution for something, you know, a little bit. Come on, guys. Listen, as much as I like to pretend that everything's okay, look, it's not. This is, this is like fuck shit crazy. Like, mm-hmm. they broke a guy's thumb because he was filming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and that was before... Gosh, I want to say that was, well, it was definitely not like recent, recent. It was at least two to three years ago. It may have been one year into uh, Trump's presidency, but that's why a lot of people don't understand that this craziness has been building for a while and it's easy to forget, or maybe you just never heard at all that there were problems bubbling up under the surface. And, And a lot of it, like, again, it gets blamed on the Trump presidency because there's so much just emotional contagion around that guy, but it's a false sense of how we got here. And so like, because even if you don't like the guy, I think the best way to look at him is a symptom, not the virus itself. And so he, he is like, and, and, and I, are there progressives, like for instance, that I watch on YouTube who get it better than some people, even on the conservative, right who really understand that like, if you don't start addressing how we got to where we are and really doing good journalism that reflects that, it's gonna get worse (laughs) because it's like, what I feel like for a a lot of the corporate media has been wanting to do is kind of, I don't know, just just thumb down on the pressure and like, just ignore, you know, just Mm -hmm. either ignore or just um, smoke and mirrors what's going on. And then, and like, and in a lot of ways, just get into this pissing match. I don't know if that's, if I'm allowed to say that. No, you're, you're right. <laughs> what do you mean if I'm allowed to say? I've been swearing for the past like, half an hour. Fuck, Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, so, okay. So go. I just want to get you in trouble. No, no, um, you're good to go. Don't worry about swearing. But yeah, they get on these, you know, they like yell at each other on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like this is all theater to me. This is all just theater. Well, it's course. not it's really sure. getting us to the bottom of, yeah, it's a show and people are making a lot of money off of this guy. I mean, it's, we know for a fact that like the New York times even covered themselves basically like that Trump got what, like billions of dollars of free advertising before the, the 2016 election. And, um, and it's, that, then it was just, they just continued. They're like obsessed. I I'm literally, I want to know what happens when, you know, there's no more Trump and like, what are we going to do in the news business? What are they going to talk about? Cause they're going to have to figure something out. He was too good for ratings. And so I don't, I actually wonder like if he will really go away from the headlines because I, I do Biden's think it's a, on the job. What'd you say? Biden sleeping on the job. That's that's a new. That'll be yeah, but they can't go after him. They can't go after him in the same way, you know. So Uh yeah, it'll be. It's really going to be an interesting, you know, couple next years. And I I do think like again, one of the reasons I did that Antifa video, besides the fact Mm -hmm. that I was like, hey, people are talking about it. Maybe I can say something that helps them better understand what's really going on here. Was just to also say like, listen if you think that this is all brand new, like in the last couple of years and that you just get rid of this president or something, you're wrong. Like there, there are a lot of, there are, there's a lot of stuff happening Mm -hmm. in the United States of America right now, culturally, uh, 
and politically that is getting blamed on one guy that is not going to change when he's gone. And, and if you really want to understand it and address it, you're going to have to start really getting to the bottom of, of what people are pissed about. Um, instead of, you know, and, it, and, it, and, and, and I heard one guy say something like Trump in a lot of ways was a big hammer for people who felt like they were just getting nailed all the time. And I think there's probably something to that and, and it's something worth exploring, but going back to my original statement about journalists, like I said, being in metropolitan areas and all kind of going to the same schools and, and the same, I have kind of similar ideology there. I think they're missing that. I think they've missed a lot of that. And there are some journalists who are doing a good job bringing that to light, but a lot of them, I just aren't, unfortunately. But the way you mentioned that Trump was a symptom, is a symptom of the virus and he's not the original source of the virus. What do you think is the original source of the, of the so-called virus that you're talking about? I think we're in an era right now where, and again, I'm not a political expert. I covered the environment, right, for the last six years, but I do talk to a lot of people as, even as an environmental reporter, I, people would always ask me, what, what do you think about this? And they would talk to me about politics. And my sense is that we're in kind of one of those eras of very extreme skepticism of oligarchy, elitism, uh, whether that's po political structure or corporate infrastructure. I think people are, are like kind of sick and tired of feeling like disenfranchised by a select few who have an extreme amount of power and hide behind this idea of like we're in a republic or a democracy or whatever, and that your vote matters when they see over and over again that nothing changes, that their lives aren't changing, that they're in debt because of healthcare, because of, um, Wall Street getting bailed out when they can't afford their mortgages. Uh, just all of those sort of kind of um, socio-cultural class issues that I, I think have been bubbling up. Originally think, well, if I just voted Democrat, then, then they would fix it for me. Or if I voted Republican, they would leave me alone and they wouldn't drive our country's deficit into the ground. But we're seeing that both parties in a lot of ways legislate very similarly. And so I think people are just sick and tired of them. And so it's kind of, it's an uprising. It really is. I mean, you know, I was a history major in college and I see a lot of similarities between now and like the French revolution, for instance. Um, and you oh, know, Marie Antoinette saying, mm -hmm. let them eat cake. What's wrong? Let them eat cake. Even though I don't know if she actually ever said that, but you know, she, it didn't end up well for her. Um, she she did. That. I so, saw it in Assassin's yes. Creed, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and and so what's the, so what's the cake of of today so like they, she said let them eat cake we have right. food they have all the mcdonald's we need right. what we, um let them let them what let them be let the like, snowflakes fall down I guess. <laughs> let them be anti-fascist yeah or something yeah god that's a great question what is the cake well i i've i have thought a lot about the information world right now and the changing of the way we consume information and you all are a reflection of that the fact that we're talking on a podcast right now and have the ability to connect from really you know desperate places in the globe but we're here right. we are talking with each other about this stuff and then somebody else can then listen to it i remember i also went to seminary i have a master of divinity degree with a specialization in psychology and counseling and i've studied sort of the history of thought of theological thought and say in the 16th century, for instance, when you had a guy like Martin Luther, or you had this Protestant Reformation because 
people were able to read the Bible in their own vernacular language when for hundreds of years, it was only in Latin. And so the priests were the only ones who could read it to you. And so you just accepted what they had to say. But then when people started reading the Bible for themselves, they were like, wait a second, like, that's not in here. You know, I don't have to give you $6,000 in order to get into heaven. It's not in here, you know? So then that, then they were like, well, what else, what else are we missing here? Right. What else did they get wrong? And I really believe the internet is, is taking us to that place again, because it's like, well, we just accepted what these, these oligarchs were telling us, whether it's corporate media or it's the corporations themselves, or it's the politicians, you know, they're all, the White House Correspondence Center is a great example of this. They, they all like, they act like antagonists, but then they just go drink and eat with each other once a year at the White House Correspondence Center. What is this? It's the weirdest thing ever to me. Like that, you you know, you guys are all going to parties together, but then you act like adversaries on the side. Like, are you really holding each other accountable or not? I don't know. And the internet opened up this world of information where people got to see, wait a second, like that thing that they were telling me about is not true. And whether that has to do with war or mm -hmm. policy, all these things, WikiLeaks, I mean, look at Assange, like these are all examples of people who have been able to get information out there that has blown the minds of the populace, which was just only fed right. a certain diet of information for so long. And I think now people are just like, well, screw you guys. And so I do think like this is taking us to a place, I really don't know where the end is, but the internet, I believe, and social media and the ability to connect, this is taking us to like that next revolution that we mm -hmm. saw with those, you know, the Protestant Reformation, which I think brought us really the United States, the French Revolution, all that stuff. I think you're going to see a revolution again. And maybe that same sort of off with their heads mentality, but I don't know where that leads us. I don't know <laughs> what that looks like in the oh. internet world. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't come after me. <laughs> Bring out okay. the guillotines. Let's go. Yeah. Um, do I you mean, think uh, they, it's possible, yeah. right? It's I mean, possible. the French I gave know. you guys the Statue of Liberty. They can lend you their, a few of their guillotines. I'm pretty sure. Y'all can <laughs> yep, just do it in happen. like Washington Square or wherever. I'm sure America has its own guillotines. I don't think we have to borrow any. You said it, not me. <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't think they can control the the internet. I don't know. I think the internet's huge and dude, and they literally are controlling the internet as we speak. Her video got taken off the yeah. internet, right? Sure. But I still thought, <laughs> yeah, sure. we're still talking but, about but, it. But here's other the ways. thing: the internet as a free, open space. You're right. No one can really police the internet. Mm -hmm. Limit the internet to stuff that you use on a regular basis: Google, YouTube, Facebook all those social media apps, right? These are right. the only reasons we need internet. Mm -hmm. So you put us all, you drag us all to these few places mm -hmm. and then you start editing and policing as you like. Yeah, but people right? get sick of the same things, I feel like. If you would do the same thing over and over again, you want yeah, something that's, different. That's what's happening. Like, bro, you have monetization, which is an issue, right? If right. you don't do the videos we want you to, <laughs> you don't get money, right? right. There's, uh -huh. there's that. What else is that? They literally either unmonetize or demonetize you, remove your shit off the internet, or give you a strike and threaten to take your but channel. You can create down. your own That's channel policing. and you can own website. Yeah, I know. That's true. I know. I think. What do you think, Allison? You think they can control the internet? <laughs> well, I think they can pressure it, like putting an alarm system on your house. It's a deterrent. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, I have uh, a dog and uh, spotlights in the front where they go off if motion is sensed in front of my house. It doesn't mean that somebody's it, that's really interested in something like, uh, you know, my Emmy. I have two 
plug even though i think emmys mean absolutely nothing but anyway i have but i have two of them but they're pointless um i've never seen an emmy you you have you haven't you want to No, i've literally never seen an emmy before yeah check it out we're gonna get we get to see our first emmy on the show Yo, that's dope. That's pretty cool. One day we'll listen, Andy. I promise you, bro. One day we'll get one of our own. Yeah. Get one of but our remember own. when you get it, how meaningless it really is. Okay? <laughs> Dude, I can I can get like a trophy maker here to make one. Yeah. Oh I'll place it right there. There we go. You can make, yeah, I'll send you the, I'll send you the, um, pattern for it, but, um, yeah, I mean, but so that's the thing. It's like, I can deter. So that's what they do. What that, what these companies do is they deter you and they just try to make it so uncomfortable that you just give up. Like you, like, again, if, if it were somebody like me who I have videos that are just getting demonetized regularly and shadow banned or whatever, after a while, like, well, I can't make any money doing this. I'm not going to do this full time. Right. Because it's, it's, I need to go do something else. It's a deterrent, but it's not a complete lockdown. So I do think that it may deter some people, but it's not going to restrict everybody. And so eventually I do believe we will figure this out. And I think that the desire for freedom and for information will, uh, will prevail, but it's not necessarily going to be tomorrow and it won't always be easy. And we may have some dark times again, you know, some Marie Antoinette times ahead. Uh, Listen, Revolutions don't take a day. Don't, they don't take a month. They can take years, right? Let's look at a classic example. Boys, Beirut's revolution still technically ongoing, right? Ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean like, it doesn't mean no, no change is going to happen. Change is always bound to happen. Right? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of these right, change. words that I'm about to say. Change is bound to happen. It's all about how you change. Is it for the good or for the bad? When people right. go out to protest, they push for their good. Because then what is good and what is bad? That's a whole nother philosophical. <laughs> to into, right? right. Yeah. But yeah, like it's uh, change mm-hmm. is bound to happen. Yeah. Anyways, well, what's the, all right. What's the change, Allison? Just wondering. All right. So if you're a journalist and like, what's, what do you think is like an ideal journal, ideal situation for journalists, right? Like, of dispersing information. Um, as it, is it the same way with like these huge broadcast networks? Is it more local journalism? Is it um, the internet being monetized? Like you work it, what would, how would you like to be like, where, what's the situation you'd like to be in? Well, the situation I'd like to be in is kind of what I'm in right now, where I'm more independent, I can talk direct with people, I don't have an editor that necessarily is saying you either have to cover this particular topic, or you have to cover it in 90 seconds or less, you have two hours to understand it. Those were the biggest problems I had as a journalist was not the advertising marketing department coming down and saying, Allison, Pfizer has given us a $20,000 ad revenue. So you better push a vaccine or push it, you know, drugs or whatever. <laughs> that wasn't how it worked. It was, you know, the, my issues were like, Hey, Allison at 1 PM, you have to, it's 10 AM. Now we just finished our editorial meeting. 
at 1 PM, you have to have all your interviews done and you had to drive to them. Right. So like I have to find people that were willing to drop everything that they were doing that day so that they could do a 20 minute interview with me. I had to drive to them. I had to get it all shot. And I did all my shooting and editing on my own. So I was going there, I was driving the car. I couldn't research while I was driving the car. I couldn't make phone calls really, because of course in Washington, you can get arrested for that nowadays. If you're like touching your phone and driving at the same time. And so I'm like, (laughs) you know, not doing that. We do this here all the time and no one says, <laughs> yeah, it's like so so I'm like I'm not going to do that, it, you know, and 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 just you know, and I used to get like duh, so stressed out that I go 95 miles an hour and I get pulled over for speeding and so like, screw this, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm, if I I'm just going to go slow because the station's right. not going to pay for my speeding ticket, but that means I'm not going to be able to make it to like boom 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 other interviews. So just crashing every day trying to get stuff done by a certain deadline and then of course, even if you did make your deadline, the story had to be less than 90 seconds because that's what the corporate manager said people would watch. And so I say you're doing like an important story that has a lot of complexity. Most of my YouTube videos are like eight to 10 minutes long. There's no way, no one would give me eight to 10 minutes to do a video on the old station that I used to work for. So those are the big issues. So I like where I'm at now, where if I want to top or uh, tackle an important topic and it's complex, I can take the time that I need to do the research, to understand it, I can talk in a way to people to, to get them to understand the nuances and to help them understand also where my bias may be or where my filters are or like what I don't know. And, and I think in corporate news, like I wasn't able to do that either. I couldn't just say, hey, listen, like I'm going to tell you what I could find today, but I really didn't have a lot of time. So just, you know, letting you know, like this may be an incomplete story. We never got to do that, right? We were just like presenting it as if it was a complete whole. And so like, I, I like that now as far as like just taking down mainstream media and not having that anymore, or just having local versus national. I think there's probably a place for all of it. I guess where, what I would like to see more and more is just journalists who are a little bit more curious, mm-hmm. whatever their platform is just a little bit more inquisitive about the world around them, about their own peer groups, about where they've come from and where they're going. And just honest about that, because I, I think like the yeah. lack of curiosity and just the desire that I've seen from other journalists to shut down information platforms to shut down other voices has been totally bizarre i I, i'm like i feel like there's six of us out there who are like sounding the alarm about journalists as one of the main interest groups trying to shut down the free flow of information it's so bewildering i i just i never thought in a million years i would see journalists calling for censorship it's so weird so Uh you know (laughs) that's what i hope to just keep pushing on my channel is just like if that's all i do for the rest of my life is just you know grabbing my peers by the scruff of the neck Mm -hmm. and hopefully like a few of them wake up and say you know what you're right this is crazy that we're doing this Mm -hmm. so you know because we're going to just be left with like wall street and silicon valley and the government and and nobody seems to think this is a big deal like they all think it's not going to come for them you know all of a sudden like we're it's we're 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 losing these freedoms Mm -hmm. quickly and 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 journalists are leading the charge and that's unfortunate so i i think that (laughs) i I hope to stay where i am and Mm -hmm. and we'll see what happens i I do think people like you guys are are also a reflection of where we're headed and that's awesome amazing yeah we hope you shout out from a two emmy winning reporter on environmental right (laughs) yeah let's do let's do a thumbnail real quick why not Check it All out. All right. A to the oh. show. A Let's to the show. Two Emmys. That's for thumbnails right Two there. Emmys. Right? There we go. But, but on a serious <laughs> note, we have reached our, like, 
time stamp, unfortunately. I I think I could talk to you for like another day and a half about everything that's going on everywhere. I know. And I'm sorry. Great. I'm an over talker, guys. I, I no, no, that's, that's great. why my YouTube channel is so I get it off my chest every <laughs> you know day. You know? That's great because we learned a lot. I'm sure yeah. everyone who's watching this video has learned a lot. So uh, if you've reached this part of the video, please do subscribe, like, share, check yes. out Allison on all her, all her socials. You'll find that in the link in the description below. Mm-hmm. Allison, is there anything you'd like to shout out? Just keep fighting for freedom and truth, guys. Just keep freedom. Keep, yeah, freedom. Man. <laughs> even even if even if it leads you know some people to do right. some really stupid crap, like it's mm-hmm. better that they get to do stupid crap and the rest of us don't miss out on the real truth of what's happening in our world. So True. just keep fighting for the truth and for freedom. Yeah. Well, you. you too, Allison. Here's some truth. Seventy-five um, yeah. percent of people who watch our truth. podcast aren't subscribed. So go ahead uh, and let them what? know what happens to them if they don't subscribe. I've, I've oh, noticed no. that a lot of people that watch mine are Wi-Fi. not subscribed too. Yeah. I think that's yeah. common. So yeah, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you don't, and then if you do subscribe, make sure you're still subscribed because I do hear from people every once in a while that they get unsubscribed, that YouTube does that. Again, what's oh, yeah, going on do there, do I that. don't know. I mean, no, that's because people like us so much, they make sure they get subscribed every day, right? <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Go back and check. There we go. Just go back and get check. up in the morning, brush your teeth, wash your face, have subscribe. your coffee, subscribe. subscribe to A to the show. Yeah. Um, there we go. Hey, you didn't say anything about how it's A3, though. I mean, I know we have to say it here, but like we have A3. It is A3, the show, but it's, someone decided, it's Allie, you know. Allie, Allie, and Allie. Allie, 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 Sun, and Sai. But I go by Allie, yes. too, so I'm also an Allie. We're an A3S. Yes. Respect. There Much we respect. go. Anyways. Uh, I'm the intruder here. This is, uh, don't worry about it, Sade. We love you too much to call you an intruder to your face. Uh, it's a salute to cover the cam. And if you don't subscribe, you get chlamydia. Yes. Bye. No, my- and, and that's why I live them. I don't just watch them. They linger with me when I finish. When the credits roll, I don't just go to sleep and, and have a No. I read. I check backgrounds. I want to know who made it. Who's who directed it? Who wrote it? Who those actors and actresses that I liked? Where can I see them in other uh, other films, other TV, other series? So so movies are not just a uh, something I do for fun. It's a passion. It's something I'd like to have as a career. Storytelling in general. I I, I used to read before I um, I was exposed to to screens. There is a a period of my life where screens were were haram in our house. I see. So mm-hmm. dad was.